This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So a very, very warm welcome to this special live recording of Fertility Life Raft. Um, we are back after um, a break um, and we're, we're not just back, we're back with the most wonderful guest and I'm so happy that she's joining us this morning and it's Pippa Vosper. And Pippa, you are, you're a brand consultant, is that right? Is that your kind of job title? I have, no, I think right, I haven't done right. brand consulting because of writing the book for two years. So I think now I have to take that off of everything and just say writer because it's what I do most of now yes exactly which is why you're here today because you have written this wonderful um book beyond grief which just came out just a couple of months ago wasn't it yeah two months ago I think now two months ago and um, what we'll have a chat about so with this is a live recording so we've got um people from my membership are joining us here to listen in and hopefully there'll be time to have some questions or just see where the conversation goes I don't have a I don't have a fixed agenda I'm not I'm not very good at that um I prefer to just have a nice chat um but I really wanted to have you on Pippa because there was something really um empowering I felt about the book that you've written and something really um, comforting and soothing about the way that you've put it out there as well. Even the colours with that warm kind of orange and yellow cover and everything about it feels like a hug. Like it feels like the thing that people can go to when they need it. Um, so I would love for you, if you wouldn't mind, to just share a little bit about what made you want to write this book. Well, I lost my son now five months into my pregnancy uh, five and a half years ago. And I was already writing for magazines and things at the time. And I wrote a piece for British Vogue and it did, I wouldn't say one of those sort of modern terms went viral, but it did go everywhere. And I had messages from people all over the world and, you know, it got picked up a lot. And uh, publishers came to me then and said, would you write a book? And I said, uh, I'm too emotional. I wouldn't be able to do this constructively. And then another year went by and I, I wrote another piece for British Vogue on a year of grief, um, because it was a year of before I started to really feel like I was coming to terms with what happened. And again, the publishers came back and said, would you write it? And I said, I'm really not ready. And I knew that this is a wonderful opportunity, but you have to be ready to write this, to make it tight and constructive and helpful. And then another, exactly one year later about five more rounds of IVF to try and have another baby after I lost Axel who also was an IVF baby um and they came back again and I just said I'm still not ready so in lockdown I had the time to really you know stop 
and focus. And I thought to myself, yes, I can really write this now with clarity and to be helpful and really make it the book that I would have wanted when it happened to me. Mm. And I, thank you so much for saying it's like a hug. That's what it was meant to be. And the information that's in there, you know, it doesn't just focus on my story. It is lots of shared stories. Medical experts are in there and psychologists and advice and advice for people who haven't lived through it. Mm -hmm. It became the book that I needed and wanted it to be when I'd had the time to really live with my experience and do the correct research over two years for the book. So you found yourself in that position where you'd not only lost Axel, but you'd also been through IVF. So you've ex you'd experienced the, the grief of infertility as well. Yeah. And then going through more IVF after that, and then trying to process all of that at the same time. And so did you just feel like there just wasn't something out there that really spoke to you? No, I mean, there's lots of wonderful people. There's Zoe Clark Coates and there's Elle Wright. And I admire and respect both of them hugely but their their way of writing is so beautiful and brilliant but for me it just wasn't like right that's not quite where I'm sitting with this so mm. you have to find something that's sitting with you no matter how great their books are and they are great you just have to find something that's sitting with you so I had to write this in a completely different way and then hopefully the people that would want my book would also read lots of other books but this mine might connect with them in a different way exactly that and that's what I found like with all of the life rough work that we do here in the membership that's that's sort of partly what I always say is like just keep engaging like keep finding the thing that sits with you that find that you find resonates because what someone else will be like this is amazing you've got to read this and someone else would just like I don't know it just didn't speak to me you know like yeah. for me I always say like the thing that got me into kind of self-development was The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron like that's the book that changed my life but for other people it'll be something completely different and that's why it's so important that if you feel called to create something like you did that you must do it because there will be people out there that need your book and that, that, that need this writing. So you found that you needed that time between going through that experience to gain that clarity and perspective in order to then actually process what it was that you needed in the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can see that other people have released books and they are, they're not as considered as other people's books. And you can see that they've tried to capitalise on a moment or maybe they thought this is what's needed right this minute, you know, I don't know. But I think you can see a book that's been considered and you can see a book that's been sort of, let's get this out of the moment type thing. And I just thought to myself, this is gonna be around forever, I hope. Mm -hmm. And if I can just sit with it and really not rush it and not try and get it out for Baby Loss Awareness Week or get it out before this book comes out or whatever, I think I can then create something that's going to sit with people forever, I hope. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's just impartial and it's just written in a way that's quite gentle and calm and informative. And, you know, I hope the medical information there holds up. I mean, hopefully lots and lots will change in the next couple of years to even further create a better experience for those who live through loss and infertility. But yeah, yeah it had to be a book that just I could see it being picked up in 20 years and still be helpful. Mm, and I love that 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 considered um feeling because I think you're absolutely right it's sometimes we do feel the pressure I've certainly felt it like oh I must get something you know I need to produce something immediately but actually 
the fact that there's been such care and consideration in this really really does come through and the fact that there's you know that you know and I and I kind of love that in our world of immediacy and in our world of kind of rushing and like we need something now 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 there is something so important about taking the time to put together something which you uh, and it will it will be around in 20 years time that people will pick it up 40 you know it will be a a lasting thing um but let's touch on what we were just chatting before I pressed record there and that you mentioned there like trying to get something out for baby loss awareness week so um whenever you're listening to this we have just uh had that so that was last week baby loss awareness week um, and just before I press record, we were chatting, me, Pippa and Lucy, who works with me here, and we were chatting about actually how you guys found it really difficult, actually, to process things during that week and that it actually felt a bit much. I mean, Pippa, you were um, doing so much awareness raising yourself, was doing panel talks and, you know, talking about your book and everything. Just tell me a bit now about what you were saying before I press record about how how you felt. Yeah, it's 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 an, it's such an interesting space. The baby loss and infertility community. Everybody is so lovely, and you want to do so much for everybody because everyone is in not in pain, maybe still in great pain, but everyone has experienced the pain and the longing and the grief. And I did a series of talks last week, and I did four, one a day, and along with. Um, L Wright and Tommy's and Plum and Ashby asked me to be in the, the Tommy's campaign this year for Wave of Light, which I was so honored to be asked. Mm-hmm. And when Elle sent me the message, I was like, oh my God. Um, but because she is, you know, someone I've looked to for so long in this industry, in, in this community. Um, and I did all these talks. And by the time we got to Baby Loss Awareness Wave of Light on the Saturday evening, I couldn't engage. I was just so overwhelmed with all of the experiences that I've had, all of the stories that I have been grateful and welcoming to be told to me throughout the week. I mean, God, it's so nice when people feel they can share with me, but it got to wave of light when I had this beautiful candle in front of me and I wanted to be public about it. And as I was saying with Lucy, she and I both felt like, oh, I just need this to be a, a quiet moment to myself. And I want to be with everybody in it, but I, you know, you shouldn't need to feel like you have to be public to show that you are within the community and uh, participating in lighting the candle. And I felt some ways that, oh my goodness, after all the talk of my book and all of the talks I've done this week, I felt an immense amount of guilt for having a private moment with myself with the candle, which I did in my bedroom. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? The pressure you feel when you are in such a nice community that you don't want to sort of then have a private moment almost yeah. it really is it's conflicting sometimes you know but mm-hmm. I, I did feel after the the week of talks and engaging and all the Instagram posts quite rightly talking about everyone's experiences I did just feel like wow that's that's heavy for me right now with my own experience and I need just to take a day off of social media you know yeah yeah and I think that that's really helpful I think for others to hear that you needed to do that and that you that we need to take ownership of how much we're consuming all the time yes and be really conscious of like how is that affecting me and what can I then do about it and then make that decision to go do you know what I'm going to just close my bedroom door and have a little moment by myself and I love that moment but I did as I said I did feel sort of like oh no am I going to be judged for not being public and 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 showing that I'm lighting my candle it's interesting the whole thing you know you 
you worry about external opinion sometimes. You know, it's, it's, it, it's a life thing. You worry about external opinion with parenting, with um, work, with baby loss. You know, it's just a natural thing, but because we have this huge social media presence in our lives. Oh my goodness, so much. And actually that's been coming up quite a lot in um, some of my client sessions is that idea of kind of um, just what other people think. Wow. around just so many things that like, you know one of my um clients today was just saying I'm just I hate that people so this is going a bit of a departure here actually but I just <laughs> it just came up that um you know I hate that people might be feeling sorry for me I just hate I just hate that sense of kind of pity and I, I don't want that like as much but I do want their support but I don't want I don't want that kind of sympathy and I think there's the difference isn't there between the sympathy and empathy and that's what we need to try and really raise awareness with actually as well talking about yeah. everything. um and well, trying to move away as well from worrying what other people think but it's so ingrained in our culture isn't it yeah but i love if you could um i'm not telling you what to do but if you could do do something on your channels on your socials about that i mean I, that would help me it would help so many people just to be able to release some of these expectations and obligations and sort of fear that you're not saying the right thing or you're not doing the right thing or you're doing too much or you're doing too little it's an interesting balance to find and I haven't found it yeah yeah um let's let's talk a little bit about some of the content in your book which is so helpful so one of the things um that I've scribbled down that because I, I I've focused on this in the past and I'm really glad that it's in there but it's what to do when you encounter the hurtful comments that you're going to come across so tell me about why did you want to include that bit in this book and what were the, what were the strategies that you found helpful when you did have those hurtful comments? Gosh, it's still very difficult. Um, so I, you know, when in hindsight, you can say a lot of things and you can see a lot of things, but I knew very early on after my loss, I'd been sort of, I'd been public on Instagram about my bump because it had been quite a few years and my son was nearly six when I was able to say oh I'm having another baby because we did IVF and we did testing for three years and my goodness so secondary infertility I hadn't really spoken about it but it was probably assumed by the people that followed me on socials or knew me and then when I, I got to such a point that I felt comfortable when people did say the wrong thing to me oh perceived wrong thing half the time no most of the time it's not their fault um, when they say things that aren't helpful, they because they don't know any different. But I would say to them very calmly, can I just say what you just said was hurtful? And I'll just give me a minute, I'll tell you why. Um, and in every case, apart from one, people were really, uh, they absorbed it and they really were sort of thankful that I'd been able to explain why rather than going, oh my God, you're so insensitive. I'd said, look, that hurt me or that was a bit uncomfortable because of this and they'll take that forward I hope and then won't do it again to somebody else mm. it's so difficult if someone says something incredibly painful to you hurtful we can't remember in that moment that actually it's not malicious and it's not intentional they're not saying it to be cruel they're just saying it because they haven't been told another way to connect with you or respond to you you know and it's so common for these comments to come out mm. but I think if it's hard to say it's hard to explain it in the moment but I did find the more I did it the more confident I got at doing it 
Yeah, and I, I actually think that that's a really key point is that actually because it probably feels uncomfortable because we're not used to actually being really open and honest with people. <laughs> like that's just something that we, maybe it's a British thing as well, but we just feel like we, you know, we can't, we just sort of have to take it like what people are saying to us. But actually, the more that we can communicate and say, do you know what? Um, I'm going to tell you this because I actually think it's going to be good for you to know this as well going forward. Um, then you practice and you get, more comfortable and then actually it becomes almost normal to be like oh do you know what that's not the greatest of things you could choose to say to me at this point yeah. and, you know and I think you can do that really gracefully and you can do that in a way that feels um you know good for you and for them yeah and and then actually by being open and honest you then pave the way for better a better connection and, and relationship with that person going forward right like that's yeah. the, the the joy of kind of open and honest communication what what was the what were your kind of number one really difficult comments that you encountered and that you still oh, might encounter? Probably the the worst one was from a, one of my best friends in the world. And we had lunch about a month after Axel died. And I walked in and I wasn't looking sad. And I wasn't, I was, I had makeup on. I wasn't looking forlorn. And she actually said to me over that lunch, and I've spoken about it before and she won't mind me saying it, or maybe she will mind me saying it. She said to me, I'm so glad you're feeling better. And I just said to her, I have to tell you, I am so far from better. I'm just able to be out with you for this hour and actually laughing with you and talking about your shoes or your holiday is the most welcome relief mm -hmm. from the day in day out crying and longing and depression that I'm dealing with. But I'm really not better and I will not be better for probably a couple of years. And even then the grief will always be with me somehow. I will have just moved, as the title says in my book, beyond that, that grief that you cannot believe you are living and you cannot escape, you know? So through Baby Loss Awareness Week last week, I, there was a lot of grief that came up within my, my body and my mind. And I was like, wow, how interesting. You're still there. You know, you're still there a lot. Yeah. Which I thought had been, I don't suppress my grief, but equally it's not part of my day now as it was for so long. But mm -hmm. So that was really unhelpful. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then obviously the standard ones, I think we all get, or at least you can get pregnant. This is such a good sign. Yes, you can get pregnant. I'm like, wowzers, yes, I can. But there's nothing to say I'm ever going to be lucky enough to be pregnant again. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, the, just what I think we all get when people don't understand. And we have to remember not to be angry because it's not their fault. Mm. They're not. They're not horrible they're not going how can I upset this person further mm. you know they just don't know and I feel that that's such a key point is that that actually there is such a lot of um there is a lot of anger about the, the comments that you get and that's so that's that's completely understandable yeah. isn't it yeah. because of where you're where you are in that moment so yeah. I feel like you know how like recognize that anger and see it and then as you said, there was a line actually. Let go of resentment. I think you've written right at the end there in the in, in one of the bits. Let go of the resentment and anger, um, because that is the part that isn't going to serve you going forward and that isn't going to you know create good relationships going forward. But it's it, you know it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Very hard. And it's not to say that it's not to say you can't be angry because it's it's an unavoidable emotion. I was angry, you know, half the time, like going, wow, wow. Like you really said that to me or you mm. didn't consider me or you didn't text me once, you know, some friends just didn't communicate with me. To this day, I can't be 
that friendly with them anymore because of my experience. They didn't reach out once in any capacity. So I'm like, I know it was difficult for you to understand, but my goodness, you, you perhaps should have just sent a card, just checked in once or twice every couple of months to see how I was, but by the by, again, yeah. the longer people feel and the resentment, you're dealing with enough already. You're, you've either having infertility challenges or you are, you've lost a pregnancy or you've been had multiple losses. And I think then to be angry at somebody else, you're just creating all of this further emotion in your body that you really don't need. And if I had a magic wand and said, you, this is how you get rid of the anger immediately, I would mm -hmm. give this wand to everybody to use. But, you know, it's just trying to remember if you can, the anger directed at somebody else is on top of already an awful lot that your body and your mind is having to deal with. Mm -hmm. So if you can let it go somehow, find a tool, find some means to be able to let it go, it's just going to be better for, for your physical and mental health. Yeah, exactly that. Because it, it just gets like layered on top of on top. Of, you know, I like that that image that you were saying, you're already going on through so much. Let's not add more stuff on if we can. Or like find, yeah, exactly that. Like find the tool, find what it is that works for you to work through that anger and to process it and get rid of it. Um, I really liked something actually in your book, talking about kind of what to do with these feelings and things and that you had um a chapter on on belief and i really liked the um kind of focus that you explained the difference between what you felt like with positive thinking and the idea of manifesting versus focus with intent and those were your your excellent words that i really enjoyed there um so tell me a little bit more about your thoughts around all of that i mean this is something that i talk about all the time with positivity and yeah. um, being very very mindful about that idea of like kind of staying positive and what that actually boils down to for when you're going through infertility and loss and anything any difficult road to bringing home a baby yeah if you hear somebody telling you to just stay positive it's just yeah it's one of those comments that just makes you want to just throw them out the window because it's much much more nuanced and um it, it, it's just more complex than that so tell, tell me your thoughts on this so as I say in the book you, you know you're not going to manifest a baby it's impossible and a positive thinking is not going to cure a medical condition and positive thinking is not going to create two lines on your pregnancy test and you know positive thinking is not going to I don't know, stop you feeling emotion and grief and longing. But what it did for me personally is it, as I say in the book, it just kept my head above water. It didn't give me a miraculous pregnancy positive and it didn't do many other things that I hoped it would do. There's no such thing as manifesting a pregnancy. But what I do believe in is I was reading positive quotes every morning just to start my day off with a little flick you know of a switch in my head to go right oh there's that quote and it honestly Alice it helped like yep. it didn't it didn't stop me grieving it didn't stop me longing but it, what it did was it just gave me that a little tiny reminder of right I'm going to have a little bit more hope today you know if I start my day off and I'm go straight into which is normal oh my god another heavy day you know, but if I was just reading these positive affirmations and I've quoted a couple of accounts on Instagram, and honestly, for me, it just kept my head above water. Like, okay, right, rem reminder to be hopeful. 
it's not, it maybe will never lead anywhere, but let's just give it that little injection of something that's going to remind me that, oh, it could be good. It could be a good result. Or, oh, this might not last forever. It, I, I might get somewhere and I might have the baby that I'm longing for. You know, yeah. and it's, it, it's it, there's a big difference between somebody saying, oh, manifest, get a vision board for your baby, or saying, just these little injections of positivity mm. might just take the edge off. And yes. that's what happened for me. It did take the edge off. Yeah. And actually, we can't we can't put a price on taking the edge off, right? Because it's taking the edge off, which allows you to actually live your life instead of, you know, really not being able to 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 function. Yeah. So it's so important, actually, to to recognize the difference from that. And I I feel like with the whole manifesting conversation around this and like, um, yeah, I feel very strongly about people because I, I mean, I, I think people sometimes might get confused about my what my messaging is because I'm a you know positive men, men, mindset mentor. I'm a transformational coach, but there's a very specific difference between telling people that they can manifest um, a baby versus the the that focus with intent idea and the fact that you know actually I I I, I do like vision boards, but there's a difference between between um, you know the way that we look at how we're using these things and what we expect from them versus kind of you know the pressure of like well and because this is what I this is what I went into when I was in my own thing I was well I'm going to make the vision board and I'm going to manifest this pregnancy I'm going to manifest a baby and then the pressure was so (laughs) goddamn high it didn't work and then I was just pissed off that it hadn't worked and I was like well doing all of the things universe and it wasn't working but I put so much there was so much pressure on there so I love that there's that that um, difference that you're explaining. It's like it's the focus with intent and it's the positive thinking, which actually just helps me feel better. Yeah. And then it gets me out of bed and it makes me be able to process what is going on and, and gives me that belief, gives me that that hope that is so um, hard when you're deep in the thick of it and keep, it keeps you carrying on. And I think hope is important. I do. I think it's so important to always have hope that, this may not always be like this. You know, there is something coming up for me, I hope, that will be, give me maybe something of what I want. I'm not saying it's going to give you a baby. Well, hopefully for anybody who would like to have a baby, it will give them a baby. But as we all know, life doesn't always go to plan with fertility and pregnancy. So exactly and that you know what lots of people who do what I do won't share stories of when it hasn't worked because they feel like it damages you know their but that's so against what I try to do because I want people to know that they're going to be okay whatever happens which is why I do share you know like Kat Brown who's fantastic she's been on my podcast love Love her um you know we've had really interesting conversations around this um and anyway that that's a, a a side point but really really important to focus on that um I also really like that bit you said right at the end of your your book where you said I don't believe things happen for a reason but I do believe in the positive of being shown another way to view life and the experiences we face talk to me about that feeling that's come through and when when did you manage to find that perspective definitely a couple of years later after my pregnancy loss I I mean oh my, if we go back to our conversation 10 minutes ago, another one people said a lot. It, oh, it's obviously happened for a reason. For a reason. I'm like, don't, don't say it, why did they say it? 
I'm like, no, there was no reason my baby died. Even if there was a medical reason, the universe did not give this to me for a reason. Thank you very much. Um, Alice, what was your question? I've now gone off track. What was- no, I get it because it's such a feeling. Um, so you said, I don't believe things happen for a reason, but I do believe in the positive of being shown another way to view life and the experiences we face. Absolutely. So before I lost my baby, I was a decent person. Don't get me wrong. Totally fine. But perhaps if someone had said to me, oh, my, my husband's dying of cancer. I don't think I would have taken it in with the severity with which that comment needs to be taken. I'd have been like, oh, um, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, how's work? Maybe, I don't know, probably. But then when you lose a pregnancy or you have any form of loss or challenge, you do actually, in most cases, become a better person because you understand what trauma is and what grief is and what no, not a perfect life is. So therefore you just have this empathy towards others who are also facing challenges. And then you can listen and you can ask the right questions and you can be hopefully helpful because before this, I hadn't had a great deal of trauma. So I wasn't best placed to be helpful. So if you can go through life, which I can now and be like uh, with a purpose and be helpful. Like I encountered someone at the weekend with a, a, a challenging pregnancy. So then I could, I hope, be helpful. And how nice is that for going forward for everybody? If I can help this person in any way, and you are super helpful, Alice, in what you do, you're helpful, right? You're helpful. But I believe that only comes in a true capacity when you have been through something that causes you to stop and say, oh God, life can be terrible mm. and then when you can see that life can be terrible you can say to that person who is having their own challenge I don't understand your exact challenge but I am with you because I've I can hear you and tell me and talk to me you know if you really connect with them on a meaningful level rather than a surface level of oh that sounds terrible um where are you going on holiday next week you know? mm. and it's that 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 thing you just said around you know I don't know what you're going to but I'm but I'm with you and that's the difference isn't it between the sympathy and empathy that we were talking about before is that we just need people to sit with us like when things are tough and you, you know you don't need to placate you don't need to tell me everything's going to be okay although I obviously work with people to try to help them know that they will be but it's that kind of just just be with me in this moment so that you aren't glossing over what has happened so there there is that that I've been through something and I've hit that rock bottom now and so I can actually connect and be helpful be of service in the world you know and that is something that yeah you're right that there's that that kind of profound shift of perspective that you get if you've really you know really been there um I just want to say if people who are listening want to ask anything to, to Pippa please pop it in the chat because um I want to make sure there's time for me to to share your questions with Pippa so yeah pop it in the chat if you have any questions um yeah so and also there was something as well that you mentioned which I think is important to say for people which was that idea that moving forward doesn't mean forgetting so once you've kind of been through loss or a different experience that you feel like you know you you need to process you are gonna you are gonna learn how to live again like in a different way but you will learn how to move forward as you say 
and it and you've you've specifically written about this because like I'm assuming you found that there was a part of you that felt like you weren't honoring Axel like when you began to move forward so to, how how do we how do we navigate that what's the what's your views well I it's it is very difficult because as I say in the book and I say to anyone who asks I was trying I could feel myself at one point coming out of my grief not coming out of it but it was getting less intense and then I was panicking that I was leaving him behind and leaving my experience behind and then but I'm hang on I can feel myself moving forward but oh my god don't let me move forward because it means I don't love him or I'm not with him anymore or he's a part of my past so what I did was I, I was like how do I do this and then so he just sits next to me like literally he's just he just sits next to me through life and we are going through it together but he's just sitting here you know I won't see him grow up I won't see him like his brother and sister having conversations and changing personality and doing all these things but he's just sitting there so he's alongside me rather than oh he that's something that happened in the past or oh I've got to really keep him present and be with him all the time and I've got to talk about him to keep him alive mm. he is alive with me in spirit he's just sitting there mm. and anything I do he's just there and this is so interesting I I did this panel talk about a year after he died and there was this uh psychic on the panel Michelle Knight and she is just so wonderful to follow on Instagram and she's a wonderful woman anyway and I we were talking into this huge hat on and it had Pisces written down the side of it and Axel is a Gemini but by the by this woman comes from across the bar and I said to Michelle oh how do I know he knows I'm still with him and I'm, I haven't forgotten him and this woman comes from across this enormous bar packed and says to Michelle I love your hat and Michelle goes thank you very much and the woman says to her I'm a Gemini, my birthday is the 6th of June. And then just walks away. And I looked at Michelle crying and I said, Michelle, Axel's birthday is the 6th of June. And Michelle just smiled at me and I was bawling my eyes out. And she goes, there's your answer. Wow. You know, you can, and before this, trust me, if anyone had told me that story, I would say, uh, why are you on hallucinogenic drugs? Like, it doesn't happen. But because it happened to me, I'm now, like, fully believing that these signs come forward when you're lucky enough to receive them. Because before this, honestly, I would have sort of rolled my eyes and gone, hmm, okay, were you drunk? Um, but <laughs> because I was neither, I know that it happened. And so it was that point that they're still there. All your people are still there with you, you know, be it babies or parents or friends it's just in a different capacity and you just have to you don't have to accept it but I accepted that all right they're just here all the time they're not back there you know oh that story just gave me goose but like I read I read about that um it's in your book I've heard it before you even read it leave it happened I remember know? reading it and thinking wow and then but as hearing you say it just and then picturing it I can't that that yeah that's given me little shivers and goosebumps um and I, I love I think like hearing you say that feels very reassuring and comforting you know that thought that they're that they're there and that yeah and they haven't gone anywhere they're just and that you're going along and 
they're just they're just they're, they're, like, I'd love to hear what people feel um, about that as well. Um, Francesca say I haven't experienced baby loss other than a chem chemical pregnancy, but have experienced a lot of grief in my life. Would your book be relevant to me going through secondary infertility and grieving the family I'd hoped to have and the grief of losing my mum? In honesty, I don't think it's the right book for those experiences. Um, Yvonne John, I believe has written a wonderful book. I might be wrong on this, but she has spoken beautifully about grieving the family she hoped to have. Um, so I would go to Yvonne John's Instagram and have a look, because I believe there is a book. And he, actually, you know what, she could probably help you uh, point to a book that would be super helpful. Um, the Grief of Losing Your Mum, it won't help you as from my thinking about everything that's in the book. I'm trying to think, Alice, do you know any books that help with grief of losing There's, Sarah? Yeah, there are. We'll, 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 I'll put some in the um, in the life raft, actually, because I think that's something that's come up recently is that someone messaged me and said, I actually, I, this has just happened um, and I, I really just need somewhere to go for this. But do you know what I would also say, though, Pippa, with your yeah. book? As much as there are lots of specific parts about baby loss, the actual process of grief itself and the thoughts and feelings and everything that you talk about in there is is very relevant actually to you lots think of so? I, I I believe so. Like I I think it's really applicable to lots of and of course it's it's based on you know your experience and then the stories in there are based on um, baby loss. But mm. the, the the actual thoughts and and you know the things that you've been through and that the process that is in there, I think is applicable. But you know. Also, there are some amazing um, podcasts and things now as well around grief. You know, the, the grief grief cast. I think there's Good Morning, which is oh yes, oh oh ah, of course the <laughs> grief the the grief gang. Um, Amber speaks a lot. Oh my goodness, Francesca, the grief gang is um, Amber lost her mum when yeah Amber lost her mum when she was 19 so actually I think she could be a good resource for you Julia Samuel has written uh books on grief um and I've heard I've not read them but I've heard they're very helpful mm. so I think those could be really really useful places Yvonne John Amber Jeffrey at the grief gang and Julia Samuel's books mm. yeah Amazing. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, anyone listening, like, do come and join this conversation around resources for that. Um, Lucy's saying, I just love that so much. I've had six losses and I'm currently struggling with dealing with it all and knowing that they are there every step and in every moment of life with me is just beautiful. I will definitely take this with me. Oh, good, Lucy. I think oh, Lucy, absolutely. You know, they are there and... Um, you know, it's, it's funny, I say to some people who, who write to me and say, well, you know, are they lonely? And I said, well, just if you just connect them with everyone who whose other babies are out there somewhere. And, you know, sometimes I say, what's the name of your baby? And if they say Lily, I said, well, I'll just tell Axel that Lily's out there and just to find her, you know. And it, if that sounds woo woo, then it sounds woo woo. But it helps me because the, the thing that I hated the most was thinking that Axel was on his own mm. out there. So then someone told me about their baby. It's Leo, Chloe Hunter's baby Leo. And I said, Right, well, I'm going to just tell Axel to find Leo. <laughs> and I just say, right, well, they're not alone anymore. And if you give the name of your baby, you just tell them all to find each other. And it really helps me to think that there's a little gang of them because I don't <laughs> want them to be on their own. There's a saddest thought in the world. You know? Oh, you're making me well up. Oh, 
oh that's just such a gorgeous um thought isn't it oh Lucy are you okay yeah yeah she's all right she's okay and also can I say if they don't have names it doesn't matter either you just say look just go and find this group of babies out there and they're friendly just tell them to go and find them you know and if anyone's listening to this podcast going Pippa is a Lulu <laughs> that's your opinion but I think it's so lovely to think that they're all together you know but that you know that almost circles all the way back to that whole conversation about okay we could either focus on what people think of us oh my goodness or we just let that fucking go and we just use the thing that is actually so bloody helpful and reassuring and comforting yeah. and actually who cares what oh, do you know what I mean like it just it just doesn't I think the older I get as well the more I just really don't care about that and that I just go this is what is supporting me um, I think I need to come on one of your courses yeah <laughs> <laughs> letting go of what people think <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a lot a lot of inner work for me to get I mean that's one been one of my major things like you know the thought of you know what, what other people think but it's, it's incredibly freeing to just go well this is comforting to me and this is what helps me and this is what I'm going to use so I'm going to take that with me mm -hmm. um well Pippa thank you for your wonderful um stories and you know thoughts and perspective and time this morning it's just been so gorgeous to talk to you I have loved it I was a little bit worried because last week it was very overwhelming but this has been so light and we've been hopefully helpful to people who are listening you know as you said you just want to pass it forward and just be of service you know so hopefully all of this has been helpful good and I'm really pleased that you said that because that's definitely you know what we focus on is like holding space for the stuff that is you know beyond difficult beyond hard um but uh, you know the, the fact that you are working and, and being of service by sharing what happens beyond grief and beyond that really incredibly hard bit I feel like is a is like a it is a life raft it's a it's an olive branch not an olive branch that's the wrong thing isn't it it's like a peace thing <laughs> like a you know like a, a, a something to kind of say we're over here I know where you are but we're here and we can we can help you to get there by you know sharing all of this stuff people saying so so helpful so much resonated and thank you um but yes it, it's an honor so please go and get Pippa's book it's so wonderful it's called Beyond Grief and it is um out now um and it is just the most and, and it's very easy to read actually you know and I I always say that like, I haven't been through pregnancy loss but for me to be able to really understand what people and particularly because I, I support a lot of people who have so to really understand what that experience is like and what is needed and what is helpful and there's a lovely big chapter on there about how friends and family can be helpful with really practical things as well um what to say what not to say something I'm very passionate about um you know it's it's all in there so so do do go and read it and go and get it um just a, another thing that's come through on the chat there Mary, I'm saying I also haven't experienced baby loss. However, it's been a real roller coaster ride this year, and I really resonated with how it's changed my perspective in life. I do believe I've changed as a person for the better. I can connect with others on a deeper level. It was wonderful to hear about your experiences. Thank you so much. Oh, Mariam, thank you so much. I'm sorry you've had a hard time, um, and I hope you are finding some peace with this. But absolutely, just connecting with others on a deeper level is the one of the only positives that can come from trauma and grief and challenges. 
and that is so yeah so important that side of it and I have loved this live podcast recording I've really enjoyed it actually because normally it's just me and the guests but it's actually lovely to kind of share it a little bit more while we're while we're talking and get a little bit of um yeah feedback about what what, you know what we're saying kind of (laughs) feels like (laughs) as we're saying it so I will let you go I'm going to let you carry on with your day and let everyone else go as well but Thank you so much again for joining me. And thank I'm- you. I have strangely loved it. You know, I'm not. So, well, am I supposed to say that? I don't know. But it's been so nice to talk to you about, you know, experiences and and um, gosh, the whole of everything that comes with everything we all experience when we have challenges. So thank you so much, Alice. Absolute pleasure and honour. Thank you. What an amazing conversation with Pippa. I am just in awe of everybody who is able to formulate what they've been through and get it together in, in a, in a as, he, as she said, like something of you, something of service, something that's helpful to put out there in the world. So yeah, massive thank you to Pippa. Thank you to my members who joined us live um, and thank you to you who are listening. Um, come and find me on Instagram. This is Alice Rose. Come and find me on my website, um, I have got so many resources and so many things that can really start to transform how you're feeling. I am a qualified transformational coach and mindset mentor. I hold space for for women who are going through this. So come and find me and let me do that for you. Um, If you have one minute of your time to go and leave a little uh, review um, of this podcast on Apple or Spotify, I would be so grateful. Um, But in the meantime, I will see you next time. Take care.